you know, if you would have asked me three, three years ago, if I thought that a global pandemic would be the thing that, you know, we could all unify for, I would have probably said, yeah, like, I think Mm -hmm. we could get it together for that. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I, I think it's important to just like take a step back every now and again to be like, holy fucking shit, this is crazy. Welcome back to I'm the Villain. Today we're going to be talking about the next phase of the pandemic slash maybe the the phase where we transition into an endemic, mm-hmm. right? Is there a name for that? Is it is it called I, an endemic or is it like endemic phase? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Uh, but basically <laughs> like the phase where we start treating COVID more like the flu. Yeah. Live yeah. with it like a regular respiratory illness. There's two recent episodes of the daily and as of the day that we're recording, this is February 2nd. Um, and so I think this Monday February, or January 31st, and then like last Wednesday, the daily, which is a podcast by the New York times that comes out every morning, um, released episodes called like, we need to talk about COVID or we should talk about COVID or something like that. And um, <laughs> that's like the name of a movie we need to cop about kevin yeah <laughs> it's also like it, it's very youtubey like there's I, I i think of the philip defranco show where like when there's a big topic he's like we need to talk about blank yeah you know um and so i listened to it i found it very interesting um because it got at some of like the weird kind of dissonant things that i was feeling and asked isabel to listen to it and i think it'd be good for us to talk about on air yeah, so what was the things that you thought like were most interesting about it? Well, I mean, so a lot of, I think from a data standpoint, a lot of the things that they say are pretty intuitive, but the th- I think the most kind of salient finding for me was that, you know, they, they did this giant like, you know, national poll of people asking how they felt about COVID across like different, you know, political spectrums and demographics or whatever. And it's, you know, it seems like depending on your I mean, the biggest dividing, the biggest divider about, you know, predictor on how you're going to feel about COVID is your political affiliation, right? And that isn't necessarily that surprising. Um, I think it's surprising that old people and young people feel roughly the same about COVID um, within their demographics, like an older Democrat and a younger Democrat feel roughly the same. Um and same thing for Republicans or an older, an older Republican and a younger Republican feel roughly the same. Mm-hmm. But it seems like there's an inverse correlation of your between like the amount of protection that you have from COVID and how worried about COVID you are. Mm-hmm. As in the and this also makes sense as it relates to partisan lines, but typically the most covid worried people are the boosted and the people least worried about covid are the unvaccinated (laughs) um yeah and um so like that in of itself is interesting but then as this started to go deeper the guy i think his name was scott was talking about how especially especially the vaccinated the boosted people are kind of acting almost um people are are acting in ways that are like logically unscientific, right? The democratic party has, um, has 
decided that, um, you know, we're pro science, we believe in the vaccines and all these things. Um, but if you truly believe in the vaccines and their efficacy, then you, then you should understand that they work really, really well. And that for the vaccinated and the boosted Omicron, and this is what they said on the, on the podcast, like truly does kill less people than the flu does for the vaccinated and, and boosted. It is like the Omicron variant is, you know, all the data is pointing for this group of people, you know, proving to be less mild or less deadly than the regular flu. Um, but we're still seeing really, really, really elevated um, policies, policies and just like sentiments, like really Fear. high fears, you know? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, the sort of the catalyst for this conversation on this podcast was the idea that we're approaching, not entirely there yet, but we're approaching a turning point in the pandemic where, you know, barring another variant coming along, that's going to like, that is like more deadly. Um, seems like we're approaching a place where things are becoming more endemic and we're going to have to learn to live with this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and navigating, you know, when it's time to make that switch. So the second, the second of this series of podcasts was a conversation with Dr. Fauci, which I thought was also really interesting, but I'll stop talking now and let you talk. Well, I thought that, yeah, I didn't think that any of the findings of the study were necessarily like, uh, super, I mean, it, I guess despite the fact that one side believes in science, it is obviously the case that like people, I don't think anyone predictably and, you know, consistently behave scientifically. <laughs> yeah. Like in accordance with probabilities, right? This is right. something we just know about human beings is that they're not good at that at all. Yeah. Right. Um, go ahead. Yeah, I guess this idea of you know i don't know it's it 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 for the entirety of the pandemic i feel like the narrative has been and i that i've largely agreed with is like the costs of lockdown are really large Mm -hmm. but the cost of widespread infection are larger and like human life loss isn't worth it you know Mm -hmm. But as the like as dynamics change and as like the majority like the vast majority of people that are dying are the unvaccinated and you know um we see you know kids are having a really rough time in schools right now and like the country is generally suffering like crime rates are up and people's like blood pressures are up you know like <laughs> as is mine like yeah. <laughs> this is something i'm not even making this up this is something they said in the podcast like mm-hmm. generally like the average blood pressure of the average american has rate has risen wow um you know damn like well so do you think then as an individual since obviously as we pointed out in elaine's podcast like we live in this ridiculous state of needing to make moral decisions on this individual level <laughs> like <laughs> the most scientifically informed thing to do at this point is to basically act as if we did when we like were living with a normal flu i think that which is to say nothing at all like we were just living normally no i don't i don't necessarily think we should swing that far but i think that 
for the vaccinated and boosted population, you know, there's a lot, I feel like there's a lot of fear still around getting Omicron and, you know, it's reaching us and it's not really touching us like that. And I think mm-hmm. that, you know, I, I'm not saying that policy should like start changing, you know, I think masking mm-hmm. is good generally, mm-hmm. but, um, I don't know. I mean, like I know friends of mine, you know, I think we, we have friends that are vaccinated and boosted and right now are not really seeing people because of the Omicron surge, which I get, um, but also don't get because if you're vaccine boosted and don't have any prior health conditions, like, you know, it literally is like navigating a world with like trying to avoid the flu, you know, mm-hmm. or like possibly getting the flu. You well, know? it's also hard to make that mindset shift because we were just treating it like a disease that was going to kill everyone, you know, right? Yeah. And they, and they speak on that in the podcast a little bit where it's like, <laughs> you know, like it's really hard cognitively to make that shift, mm-hmm. right? Like where you spend a year and a half, two years, like, like dealing with this thing that was really fucking people up. I mean, still is fucking people up, but yeah, you know, the original strain and Delta were, were fucking like, you know, old people up, but also like some, some, reg- some, some young, healthy people too. Right. Mm-hmm. We're getting a lot of horror stories about people dying really cruel and terrible deaths. And, um, you know, it's, it seems like as that reality is changing in real life, I don't know if our collective mindsets are following suit. Yeah, well, and I also don't know how we would get to a point in which we really make those types of mindset shifts because, like, I feel like the CDC is a little bit less legit (laughs) now. Like, people don't, even on the left, people don't really uh, fuck with the CDC as much anymore. Yeah, right. I mean, because they've shown (laughs) how inconsistent they are. Right. And so it's a little bit like also who, assuming we were to maybe decide somehow that we would go back to normal at some point, right? Like who would be the like authority on that and leading the charge? Yeah. Yeah. And Fauci in his episode was like, you know, I think Michael Barbera asked him like, if there comes a time where, you know, you feel and link the science shows that it's time to chill out and like kind of start moving back in the direction of things being normal, would you say it? And he was like, oh, yeah, I mean, I'd absolutely say it publicly. You know, but is that is that is he the, like, who is the person, you know, like my roommate? I think he's who, the, basically the closest we have to the person, right? I think so. I mean, that, are you talking about tie up like where he was like, oh, yeah, I don't think the CDC is ever going to tell us to stop. Yeah, yeah, Ty was like, you know, he doesn't think the CDC is literally ever going to change their mandates because they don't. I mean, there's still, he like referenced some like very old, outdated like (laughs) texts that are still on the CDC website to this day that say that like pregnant women shouldn't like do like a number of like ridiculous things because, or that women shouldn't like, it's generally like less recommended for women to smoke, for example, because they might be pregnant. And that's like, that's like a relic of like the fifties and sixties, but Mm -hmm. that, you know, that advisory never went away. It's technically Mm -hmm. still a CDC advised guidance that women Mm -hmm. should never, you know, smoke Mm -hmm. um, because you never know when you can be pregnant. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And look, I mean, maybe they've, you know, I, I, (laughs) I just caught myself because I was gonna say maybe they've learned to be more streamlined, but I don't think that's the case because they, you know, like might clearly are not necessarily, you know, they're all over the place. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, it, 
the CDC has been very absolutist this entire pandemic where it's been like, no, yeah. you never have to mask or yes, you absolutely have to mask or like whatever. Which is, I think, in line with my understanding of human psychology, right? Like we yeah. hate having gray areas. We want very like directives. We want very clear directives. Right. And, and you know, that's fine. But I think that a lot, they've come under a lot of fire recently about, you know, like acting like it's it the optic is that they're really acting with like corporate financial interests in mind. <laughs> you know, they're like, you know, the workers are have to stay out for too long with this 10 day quarantine. So we're going to reduce it to five. Yeah. Well, I you know, in terms of the conversation with Fauci, the the takeaway that I thought was really interesting where like the the interviewer was trying to push him to be a little bit more political and like yeah. he was not doing it yeah. like the, the most question, that- the question was you know what do you think about or do you feel like the responsibility of protecting the the uncautious is falling on the cautious right and then fauci was like oh yeah well the cautious are being cautious because the uncautious are not being cautious and the uncautious resent the cautious the caution of the cautious and i was just like oh my god fauci. yeah <laughs> 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 But it is this like, you know, very perverse kind of like, oh, yeah, like that is that is actually pretty like bizarre, right? That like all these basically liberal people are like, you know, staying inside and ruining their mental health on the behalf of these people who don't (laughs) even want you to do that, right? Because the only people who are dying are like basically Republicans, like unvaccinated people. And I've seen, I mean, you know, I think that we'd be remiss to say like to not... To not mention that, like, you know, immunosuppressed and like people with disabilities are still dying. But, you know, the vast majority of people that are getting people. hospitalized and dying are like people that have been that are not Just vaccinated. Decided by not to get vaccinated. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to talk in generalizations for the episode. But, you know, if you're listening, know that we do recognize the reality that it's not just, you know, unvaccinated. But, um, yeah, you know, it's. <laughs> it's just yeah it's this crazy it's this crazy kind of dichotomy that i think is really i mean it's just how do how is it going to drive anything but more resentment from the two groups right like right and and i thought it was really interesting when he was asking fauci like do you think that framing this as a war which i don't even necessarily i don't necessarily even know that i felt that that strongly that this has been framed as like a literal war but like he was saying you know framing this as a war uh, in in our rhetoric around fighting COVID-19 is that then counterproductive because um people it's very difficult to conceive of the notion of like fighting a abstract concept like same was true for like the war on drugs or the war on terror right and it's so much easier to conceive of fighting a war against actual people right right and so like is that then just going to exacerbate the already uh very strong ideological divide between republicans and democrats as thinking of it you know and framing it as a war thinking of it not as a war against the virus but a war against the other side the other side yeah you know and it's i don't i mean like I, you know, if you would have asked me three, three years ago, if I thought that a global pandemic would be the thing that, you know, we could all unify for, I would have probably said, yeah, like, I think mm-hmm. we could get it together for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think it's important to just like take a step back every now and again to be like, holy fucking shit, this is crazy. You know, like we thought about 
I think we're very used to it now, the, the kind of partisan divider and like COVID thinking. But mm-hmm. that's but that in of itself is just so absolutely insane how politicized this is. <laughs> Michael was like, you know, trying to get Fauci to kind of clearly answer the question of, you know, are we depending on this group of people that have decided that they're never going to get vaccinated? Is our future dependent upon them <laughs> getting vaccinated? Mm-hmm. You yeah. know? And I think Fauci chose his words very carefully where he was like, you know, if they all got vaccinated, it would certainly facilitate our our next step into the endemic stage. But we don't necessarily need them to in order to get there. But I do quite understand why he said that, like when he said we don't need them to like we're pretty much already at the phase where the people who are going to get vaccinated have been vaccinated and the people who won't have not. And we are still in the phase that we're in. Yeah, I think. I mean, this so is like, a do little, you think he was just sort of morbid. like sidestepping and like not lying per se, but like this was a propaganda machine moment? I don't think he was lying. I think that what he was saying without saying it is that they, the, the unvaccinated, will undoubtedly get COVID and form immunities to it. Either die or form immunity to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, obviously, we're the more people, the, or the more people that are unvaccinated, the more susceptible we are to new variants but it even looks like the variants are heading in a more like mild direction yeah so i don't think i don't think he was sidestepping i think he was i mean i think it, he is trying to avoid being really inflammatory by and, saying yeah these people are gonna die like <laughs> or or even by saying it's these people's fault that we're not that we haven't moved past this yet even though it is right like mm-hmm. let's just be let's just be frank about it mm-hmm. um because I think that I think he's trying to preserve whatever shred of, you know, his I mean, his the the public opinion of Fauci and the Republican community is fucking terrible. Right. Like mm-hmm. they think he is just like a, a hack scientist shill, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But I think it's still not a good look for him to be out here just like openly bashing, you know, the unvaccinated for making stupid decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I think that was. Yeah. Um, I mean, what do you, how do you, as a vaccinated and boosted person, how are you feeling about Omicron and COVID right now? Like, do you feel, are you very scared of getting it or are you kind of just like living your life? No, especially because I feel like I've been exposed so many times and haven't gotten, I feel like I'm just (laughs) immune. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I call myself a COVID God. (laughs) Yeah. I just like, like, how how did this happen? My literal partner had COVID tested positive she didn't have any symptoms but you know her and i you know were making out and stuff and i didn't get it or i never tested positive yeah yeah i i I hooked up with someone who had tested positive also and i'm just like what's (laughs) going on here but uh so like i'm not that for afraid for myself and like one of the things that they were talking about is like it's how are we gonna backtrack from framing this as a you need to do this for other people to the now the moral thing to do for other people is to go out and live your life kind of like selfishly, you know, yeah. like the way you want to be doing it because that's actually what's better for the economy and mental health generally. Yeah. Right. I mean, sorry, I had a burp. I mean, he mentioned that, you know, the, the guy who was on the first part, not Fauci talked about how he felt it was really important to note that, you know, vaccines are free and openly available. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, there <laughs> at this point, there are three categories. It's like you're vaccinated, you're unvaccinated because you don't want to get it, or you're un- or you're unvaccinated because for some reason you're ineligible. Either you're too young, or you have some pre-existing condition that's going to render your vaccine ineffective. Mm-hmm. And vast majority of people fall into those two groups. Uh, you know, a, a slight min- or a, a big minority of people fall into the third group, which is you know not an insignificant group, but still. Um, um, and <laughs> I I think it's I you know it's gonna just gonna be slowly but surely. I don't know, but also I don't know. I think that it will be like when we get the all clear, if there's ever an all clear, I think that, you know, 90% of people are going to be like, Oh, sick. And then 10% of people are going to be like, I'm not ready. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I feel like, well, like, I don't know. Do you even feel like, what camp do you feel like you're going to be in? Cause like, I don't even know at this point, like, do you feel excited for like that time? And then like, there's going to be some kind of like big mindset shift in your mind. I don't, for me personally, no, I don't yeah. think so because mm-hmm. I mean, I'm already kind of in that mode where I think that we're going to be headed, which is like live, you know, kind of live your life, do it, you know, safely take the precautions, but live your life. And then if shit gets bad, sit inside, you know, and that's mm-hmm. kind of where I'm at now where like I had a great summer. Things were, you know, very like COVID wise, things were pretty mild in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a decent fall and now it's winter and the, you know, Omicron is raging and I'm not really going outside or doing much. <laughs> it's just going to exacerbate the pre-existing seasonal divide. Yeah, seasonal, <laughs> seasonal <laughs> depressive disorder. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, totally. um, yeah. So I think for me, there probably won't be a big shift. I think, I mean, I think I, the thing that I see myself maybe being a little apprehensive to do is like, if they're like, all right, you don't, you do not need to wear your mask in the grocery store, you know? Like, I, I think it would feel weird for me to go into establishments without a mask on. Yeah. But if they told me it was chill, then, like, eventually I'd do it, you know? Like, I'm... Well, you I can already go into, like, a restaurant and you have to take your mask off if you want to eat. Right. So it's like, that is it that different? It's... I, I, I can't answer that. My gut feeling says it's marginally different. hmm You know? But, um, I'm... I mean, I'm very apt and happy to lean on my i'm happy to lean on my vaccine resilience you know mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. i feel like you know i don't really feel like i'm part of this group of, of people that are boosted really and, also, and boosted and, and also are still very scared of covid i feel like i'm the part of people that's boosted i did the thing i have the you know i have the bodies and i've been exposed and haven't gotten it i feel pretty good if i die of covid in like a year we can go back to this recording and <laughs> laugh at me. <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like we've already had plenty of memes like that where they're like, oh, this person tweeted like, you know, I'll get the vaccine when I'm dead. And then they were dead like two <laughs> right. weeks later or something. Please don't treat me like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did the things. I wear my mask. I have my vaccines. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I mean, like as Omicron was like really blowing up. I kind of, I mean, I understood why people were taking it very seriously and people, you know, events were getting canceled and things were, you know, like people were staying inside, still are. Um, but a part of me didn't, because I didn't really see, at least in the beginning, I didn't see like rising hospital and death rates, but now I am, so I get it. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It is hard though. Cause it's like, I don't, you know, I really don't like, like poo pooing and like, Oh, like the dead people were all the unvaccinated fucks. Um, but a lot of them are unvaccinated fucks, but I also, you know, don't, I also would prefer them f- for, prefer for them not to die. Well, I don't remember if we talked about this on the podcast or not, but I remember I was also asking people about like, oh, like what happened to all of these people who like were in these retail jobs, right? And like, yeah. I yeah, a lot of people I was talking to were just like, oh, they're dead. Like, <laughs> like the, we have low unemployment. It's like hard to find people to work at Wendy's because those people are dead. <laughs> like, so it's not just the unvaccinated people. It's also like all of the retail workers. Yeah, it's like people that, I mean, yeah, and like we shouldn't scoff at the people that like lost their lives before vaccines came out, right? Like tons of people were dying and still are dying that, you know, would love to be able to not die. Yeah, totally. COVID. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, it's a, re- I mean, it's a weird dichotomy, right? Like the cautious and the uncautious. Right. Like, remember there was a period on the show where we were asking people like, oh, like, what are you excited to do when this is all over? And, right. I was and like, now I don't ask it anymore yeah. because <laughs> it feels a little naive <laughs> and it feels like people are like, uh, it's not over, but I did. I, I did the shit that I wanted to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. You know? Yeah. Like I was like, I think my answer is like, I'm really excited to go to music festivals. And then I just just went to them last year and it wasn't over. But I yeah. Did well, and also, like, I wonder to what degree this is even shaping, you know, the kinds of thing. Like, I'm sure a lot of people maybe at the beginning would have been like, oh, yeah, like, I really like, you know, very uh, nostalgically reminisce about these things. But I think my personality has changed during the course of the pandemic such that I'm like, yeah, like, I was really into a lot of these things before. And now I feel like because I have had to go through this period of adaptation. I'm literally just more introverted because I had to cope with like being alone all the time. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's sort of also like, am I going to want to do any of that stuff anymore anyway, even if I had the opportunity because like, I'm a different person now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I think I'm hoping that people are realizing um, exactly what you just said, which is that, you know, there isn't going to be a returning to your old self, right? Like you have a new self now. Mm-hmm. And it's been affected by the, you know, ongoing global death plague in mm-hmm. some way, shape or form, like almost certainly. Mm-hmm. And it's probably not going to feel the same, like reentering the world in whatever capacity that looks like. Right. You know? it, like, I you, like I feel like before I was anticipating this big release and now I'm just like, oh, you're probably just going to feel really anxious if you go and do those things. Like, yeah. Like <laughs> for know? a while, you know, for a couple of months, you're going to feel like, oof, this yeah. doesn't feel right. And then like yeah. maybe you might loosen up a little bit. Right. Because it's like, yeah, I feel like, you know, I was imagining this big like, yeah, let's all like, you know, have a big music orgy dance party. <laughs> we did it. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it feels like I mean, this isn't this is obviously, you know, a futile if but like if, you know, things weren't politicized and people just got the vaccine, there kind of would have been that moment, you know, mm-hmm. like. But I mean, I think we were silly to, I mean, and I'm, I'm implicating myself here. I think I, and we were silly to ever think that it was going to be that easy, but I really thought like vaccines going to come out. We're going to be good to go. Mm-hmm. COVID's out of here. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> that's, I mean, yeah, that's foolish. And it was foolish back then too, but. Well, 
I don't think that necessarily we were naive for thinking that because but, I think that's I a mean, kind of reasonable thing to anticipate. The anti-vax sentiments were, you know, they're, these aren't new though. And sure. like, but and they we were saw more the virus, marginal before, I think. They were pretty marginal, but we did see the virus. I mean, the virus has been politicized since day one, mm-hmm. you know, like, and I think it, I think it's, you know, it's a logical string to have, to have been able to predict that this, this vaccine rollout spearheaded by Democrats, or I guess well, really spearheaded by Republicans and then bolstered by Democrats, um, wouldn't become partisan too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Do you think that this pandemic has changed any of your sort of like overarching life plans at all? No, I don't. No. Okay. Tbh. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. No. I'm like. I mean. I'm kind of. I feel like I'm pretty out of the mindset of I'm. My life is on pause while this pandemic is rolling. You know, like mm-hmm. this is my life. I'm living it. I'm doing things when I can, and I'm enjoying where I can. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and. So I don't, you know, I'm trying, you know, I think all of my plans have been integrated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've also have never been a huge life planner. <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing that I wanted to touch on was like, I don't know. I mean, I was very much before listening to this podcast, I was very much just like with, you know, defaulting to the democratic way of thinking of like, no, we should not open schools, you know, mm-hmm. or like. Mm-hmm. No, we should, you know, like whatever. And um I don't know, the the podcast the first episode of the podcast like really made I don't I don't think they weren't arguing, but they presented, you know, facts of like, you know, the kids are really, really, really not doing well. Um, mentally, physically, socially. Mm-hmm. And they are suffering educationally from not being at school. And at the same time, you know, you can get vaccinated if you're over five. A lot of them don't, but still, um, you know, Omicron is a mild variant that that you know still very very is even milder still for young children. Mm-hmm. And um, and I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of struggling to stay on the school should stay closed side i mean i feel like i'm firmly in like the schools should open but masks should be enforced well see i wonder though i wish they had been more representative of the views of teachers yeah you know what i mean because those are the people who really are going to be affected right and i think that i've heard a lot of teacher sentiment being like no i'm not going to do this and you know like this is unsafe but also, I mean, I think there's probably lots of teachers who are also like, look, teaching remotely sucks. So, like, I don't know if there is a more solidified, like, opinion amongst the teachers at large. Right. But I think that opinion has been pretty underrepresented in the media. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't know. It's like there's some kind of give and take here, right? Like. Obviously, teachers' opinions should be like treasured and matter a lot. But mm-hmm. if they're if they if the teacher opinion is against, you know, what would be quote unquote best for the children, and I'm not saying that opening the schools would be best for the children, right? I don't I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there has to be some you know something's got to give, right? Mm-hmm. So, I guess food for thought. But and it's like. And is it like, you know, if 
at some point are we just gonna have to move on without you know teachers that don't want to that don't feel comfortable putting their you know literally putting their lives at risk but also on the other hand is it really putting your life at risk if you're if you're vaccine boosted and you know you have less of a chance of getting a severe over severe COVID infection than you do of dying from the flu maybe but I'm sure there's plenty of teachers who are also not vaccinated, right? Yeah. So like being forced then, to go back in person. But yeah. also statistically, if you're non-vaccinated, you probably don't care about being in person around kids with COVID anyway. Because <laughs> um, most of the non-vaccinated folks don't think that COVID is that serious anyway. I don't know. Do you have any last any do you have anything you want to plug? <laughs> <laughs> the Wikimedia Foundation. Uh <laughs> <laughs> go donate to the Wikimedia Foundation. As always, you can find us at I'm the Villain Pod. That's our Twitter, that's our Gmail, that's our Instagram. Uh bye everyone. <laughs>